from deep in the heart of Las Vegas, Nevada, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast, brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your host, Dustin Warnke, joined here by... Chester Moore, and I'm questioning if there's a heart in Las Vegas, but yeah, let's go for it. There's a deep heart in Texas, but I'm not yeah. sure about Vegas, man. I'm just, I'm playing <laughs> off my I know it, I know. I open the show with every single show. I got so. you. Anyway, but, uh, so lots of stuff going on. It's a Tuesday, uh, first official day of SHOT Show, and uh, we're rocking it, man. So, tell me some of the thoughts that you've got on your mind with, uh, with some of the conversations you had today. Okay, sleep, tired back. <laughs> it was rough, man. But, uh, uh, you know, the thing about the SHOT Show, for someone who's never been to the SHOT Show, sure. is the fact that it's immense. People really have no way of thinking. Like, if they've been to, like, a sporting expo or something, right? and they, there's no comparison to something no. like that, to what's here in terms of the scope of products, and the scope of people. I mean, there's like 50,000 people in that building. Uh, there's like 60,000 people. Yeah, yeah. It's more than that. But It's crazy. You know, and, and the thing I've always equated it to is take the biggest gun show you've been to and multiply it by a thousand. It's not even close. I yeah, mean, th- this is so over the top. It's yeah, crazy. It's really crazy. So there's that, there's that status I'm like, man, there are too many people here. <laughs> It's getting on my nerves, but uh, you've done this for ten years, though. I've yeah, only done I, it for I, five. I said that the first year. Uh, <laughs> I'm like too many people, but you know, once you get past the sea of people, you right. see some really interesting products and sure. stuff. You know, and that's sure. and and that really is what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, the first day is almost always because we come here to work, so right. a lot of what we're doing is meetings and things. But when between those meetings, is trying to just look at some really cool product and. And, and try to. I haven't found a theme kind of for the show yet, you know. Sure. Kind like of the new innovations, but yeah. uh, I'm sure by right. Thursday it'll come together. But um, I saw some pretty. I saw some pretty neat stuff today, and um, and, and I tell you what, if you are a gun nut, or if you are a, just someone who loves to hunt and loves the rifles and ammo and everything, you, you, this would be the place you would just dream to be. Sure. Yeah. No, so, for sure. So the coolest thing I've seen so far. Uh-huh. And I'm going to blog on this. I'll have all the details of the product name, but I'll just give you the tease. Is a game camera with antler recognition technology. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Such a thing exists. Yes. And what it does is I sat down and talked with this guy a while. We're going to be blogging on this at fishgame.com with more details and stuff. Sure. Is you set a game camera out or multiple game cameras on this platform. Okay. Mm. Let's say you have a deer lease and you have five cameras out. Yeah. Okay. And they all will send a message. They'll upload it like to a cloud, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you go into an app or um, a computer uh, on your PC, and you look into your game cameras, and it'll and you'll have a list of bucks. It files them in buck folder. Whoa! Or just if there's just deer, you know, with yeah. does on it. And um, so all the bucks will show up in a folder. So it files out the bucks. Okay. So you don't have to sort through 10,000 pictures of raccoons right? Uh, like we get in Texas. This guy from Ohio, wherever he's from, was arguing with me. Not arguing with me. saying, well, they get more coons than anybody. I said, let me tell you something. Until you've been to a South Texas or East Texas deer feeder, you've never seen coons. I was like, we got coons the size of Kong. Dude, they're huge, man. That's for sure. You know, I had a friend of mine in sleep out of Big Bend, right? And her okay. and her husband were in the back of a pickup truck sleeping under the stars in Big Bend on an air mattress. Mm-hmm. 
and they messed up, and she left like a like a like a granola bar piece by her. She wakes up, and there's a coon, you know, right next to her eating the food, and it kind of scurries <laughs> up by her feet. So she takes a stick she had to whack it. And the coon grabbed the stick and hit her with it. True story. Oh true story. my god, this that's crazy, dude! It's a true story. Oh, so we got the best coons, but it filters all that out. And here's the other cool thing: they're already working on uh, one that will recognize hogs, okay, javelina, I think moose and elk. And so uh, it's a way that you can you, you can look on and just oh, you just want to know where the bucks are, and then boom, you go. This is the time the bucks are moving through. And I asked this: I said, is it possible? that you could develop an algorithm or something that would recognize a particular buck. Yes. And they said they're working on it. Wow. So I thought that was pretty dang cool. That is cool. Will you tell us what company or no? I don't have the notes here with me. All right. But I've I've been working on... I've been working on a blog for him, and I, I don't want to get all the details wrong on the right, stuff I'm right. here, but I promise you, fishgame.com, by the end of the week, you're going to see this. Right. You're going to see this. It's really, really yeah. cool. No, but I, cool. I sat there and talked to the guy for 15 minutes, and he walked me through the program and showed how it works. It was incredible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you see anything that kind of rocked your world? I today? did, but since you're tired, I'm not going to no, go it's through good. all it, of it, was it a, No, was it a, was it a paintball gun? It was not a, okay. was that a paintball gun. Explain the paintball thing, because I, I, I wanted to bring this to our listeners. <laughs> I laugh so hard, my ribs hurt every time we talk about this. All right, so um, I have a pretty snarky sense of humor. and <laughs> Yes, you do. You know, and I'm walking around the show going... You know, I, I love our military. My dad was sure. a military man. My dad was a military man. But I really, I'm not real big fans of some of the folks who act like military men who probably weren't even Cub Scouts. Yes. Uh, and uh, I, I'm thinking, you know, Molon Lame. <laughs> you can't get <laughs> Purple Hearts for paintball. For paintball. <laughs> I love it. That's great. So I, uh, I, I respect our military service people, both men and women who didn't serve, no matter what service, whether it's the Coast Guard sure. or whether it's the Navy SEALs. Right. But I'm not real keen on some of the guys who never made it past Cub Scouts and are more are more military than you know than Rambo. There's more tactical gear here than Carter's got liver pills, <laughs> it's man. Crazy. I mean, the law enforcement stuff is really cool, and I get that. And those are the men and women that are protecting us and all of this stuff. But the amount of tactical gear is off the I chain. Th- I think there are more tactical boosts to show than there are police in America. Wow, that's it's crazy. That that probably wouldn't be that far from the truth. It's really. crazy. I mean, it is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking rows and rows. But, but, you but can't we, see the end. We got to keep in mind this is a global show, though. Yes, it is. The so I, mean, I saw a dude. I saw a guy from the IDF today. The Israeli Defense Forces mm-hmm. here. You saw, I saw some uh, German military, sure. you know, here, and so it really is a global show. Yeah, it is. You know, but and, and, and getting past the snarkiness and having fun. Know, there, this, did you see any any particular product that I, that I kind of want to hear what you saw? So yeah, the the one thing that caught my eye, and I'll talk about the rest of this after you go to bed because I know you're tired. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll I'll talk about the rest of this on the show when you get to bed. But high score, they're one that I wrote an article about, uh, yeah. a blog post about. Um, H-Y-S-K-O-R-E, high score. They make shooting products. And basically what they uh, have done that I wrote about recently was the degreaser, which is a small parts tank that you take all of your AR pieces and all your pistol pieces or whatever and put them in there. And it's got a little tray and it goes up and down and basically, you know, keeps your stuff where you can clean your parts without having to lose everything, you know, or losing in a sink or whatever the case may be. Use your solvents and that kind of stuff. But they made something they call the Range Hound. And it is a... It is a target system that uses T-posts. Mm-hmm. 
What redneck in Texas does not have T-Post, Chester? Everybody. And I, I walked up and I was like, this is flipping brilliant. And mm. the guy continues to bring the ingenuity to his, um, you know, his, his, his brand. And it literally is one T-Post across and okay. four T-Post in a, in a um, this is hard to explain on a podcast, I know. But it's four T-Posts holding up a one T-Post that basically you hang a chain from and hang a target He's from. showing you with his hands. Yeah, I'm showing you with your, yeah, thank you, Chester. Um, but you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of the most, wow. I, I mean, to use something that every guy's got that owns land yeah. as T-Posts and make readily it into available. a sh- readily available yeah. at any tractor supply or wherever you go, Lowe's yep. or whatever, and making it into a shooting system. And his whole deal is all about Bubba. You know, he always jokes around about, well, Bubba loves this and that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, One but of my he's, best friends named Bubba. He's thought, he's thought about what Bubba wants, you know. Well, what Bubba wants, Bubba will pay for. That's right. You know, that's how that's the business right. works, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. That's cool, man. I mean, that's, uh, I hadn't seen that yet. That's pretty, pretty Yeah, cool. I'll show you what it looks like. I've got a picture of it. I'll post it on the show notes, too, because I think it's one of those innovative products. I was just like, oh, my gosh, this, this is crazy. So, um, what else did you see, Chester? Well, you know, man, uh, I, walking around the show, you know, I was—I I didn't get a chance to look quite as much as, as some of the hunting component stuff. That mm-hmm. I was, I'm trying to get some of that tomorrow. Sure. I saw a lot of rifles today, and um, uh, CZ had uh, a, an amazing 22 with a suppressor built into it. Integral suppressor. Yeah, integral suppressor. We talked about those yesterday with, when, with for like four hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for like four hundred. And this was a pistol. No, it was a it was rifle. A rifle. Okay. A rifle. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. I mean, that that's just, you know, I mean that that's like the price. You know, that's like the price of like your average 22. Right. You know, a good right. quality brand. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty amazing. To, to see something not only that that is really so cool if you're into varmints, hogs, and stuff like that, but also that was just so cheap, and, and, sure. they, and they make great stuff, you know. So I, I was very I was very much impressed with that. All right, uh, here's the picture. I'm just going to show you. This is what this looks like: four T posts holding up one T post. That's crazy, dude! Isn't that the best like ingenuity? I mean, I for rednecks, that you know, a, I mean, straight up redneck. And he ingenuity. jokes around about saying Bubba, you know, as as in you know the guy that that is just your regular redneck guy. But it makes a lot of sense to me of taking something that you're using and no, well, finding it anyway. Well, yeah. you know, the great thing about that is um, it's obviously not made out of titanium or something. You know, right. you'll, you'll see some of these things sometimes. It's like you'll go to the booth and they'll be like, they'll be like, <laughs> we have, uh, you know, we have the you know, and and amantium, we know what made Wolverine's claws right. out of right. device today. And why, why why do we make it out of this? Well, because it's made out of adamantium. Can you tell me how it helps me? No. Well, why am I paying like four thousand dollars for right. something that would cost four hundred dollars? Yes. You know? But yeah. when you see something like that, you go, that guy's just trying to make something that works. Yeah, that's yeah. utilitarian. Yeah. 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 It's totally works. you know, yeah. um, you know, something that makes a lot of sense. So. I mean, that's the kind of stuff, this is the kind of innovations I look for as, as just your common man stuff that, that really takes something and, and, and do, does some ingenuity to it. And there's one of the agencies that I met with today that I wanted to bring this up on the show. You know, there's been a bit of a, a, a downturn. Some people call it the Trump slump. or It's, it's political. It's, it's whatever. Some of the buying has slowed down in, in sporting goods with hunting and fishing stuff uh, recently within the last year or so. Especially Phil, tell me we need a boogeyman out there? No, we don't need a boogeyman out there. <laughs> But the uh, the agency head of the agency that I met with today uh, said, you know, there's two things. There's value and there's innovation. Mm-hmm. 
Companies that come up with value and innovation are going to survive anything. And that's what's going to really win people over that come to shot, you know. And yeah. I think that's that's definitely a good theme or, or consideration or trend or whatever. It's that, the guy who wants to be the marathon runner versus the one who wants yeah, the 100-yard dash. Right, the sprint, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's uh, that's that's really cool that there are, you know, you know because there's a, I didn't see, I, didn't, I haven't been there. But there was a, a big sign talking about there's a new section for companies that have never been to shot show. Right, next the next exhibits, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, there's a lot of you know here today, gone later today in this industry, yes, there is. and the fishing industry too. You know, uh, people who have an idea they think's maybe cool, and uh, you know, you'll see gimmicky stuff, right? Um, and they don't, you'll see them one year, maybe two, then they're gone. But I think what the, the gentleman was probably telling you was the ones that figure out something that's valuable yes. and, and works and has a and has a right. and solves a problem. Yes, will stick around. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. No, that's great. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to get what other finds did you did you can can, can come to mind right now? Anything well, else? you know, one of the things I had, you know, my, my conservation of wildlife is really yes. a, a central thing to me. And if you go to the ICAST show, you walk in. There's Conservation Alley. I always call it conservation row, row alley, whatever. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alley sounds a little more. It does. Row sounds very very, dignified. Very dignified. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they have all these you know conservation groups, and and I had to go down to the basement here to find them. But uh, I had a great conversation with the executive director of the Dallas Safari Club. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we talked about lions, Uh and I thought it was really interesting because I saw a press release that uh, well a story actually in the news. Um, that Dallas Safari Club just um, basically came out against the canned lion hunts in South mm-hmm. Africa. Um, a lot of the lion hunts in South Africa are, are lions that are basically bottle raised and put out on a, on a on a high fence place and you shoot them. Right. You know, or not maybe bottle raised, but raised in captive situations and put out. Yeah. And they came out against that. And the reason was number one, they said it wasn't fair chase, but the real catch was the fact that there's there it, it it's not helping. The harvest of wild lions yes. decrease. There's an argument. Well, if you kill these lions and we're raising them, it's not hurting the lions out in the out in the wild lands. Sure. But it's not because that's only in South Africa. It has nothing to do with the concessions are in Tanzania or Zimbabwe yes. or any Mozambique other countries. Or whatever, yeah, right? all those different, all those different, whatever, whatever countries. Just say Tanzania. Anyway, all those different countries. <laughs> yes, there, you did. They change every week. I know they do. You know, uh, but um, and, and all those different countries out there. And uh, that there's all these different challenges, and, and we talked at length. I was really impressed with his knowledge, um, and we talked at length about some of the problems with um, that uh, inherent problems with poaching. And I just straight up asked him. I said, "Is there a, you know ever a point where you're like we need to cut off lion hunting in X country?" He goes, "Well, the slippery slope is that if you if you cut off any you know any of that hunting that." The hundred dollars aren't there, and and there's no poaching patrols and stuff, and there's just unlimited, unmitigated sure. uh, poaching. Poaching, right? And we got to talking about the rhinoceros problem, you know. And if you're listening, you think, well, why should I care if there are rhinos? Because it's one of the greatest animals God ever created on the earth, and wouldn't it be a tragedy that we let such a great animal disappear? Sure, you know. Sure. And they they have spent a lot of money, Dallas Safari Club, on anti poaching patrols in those areas, key areas for rhinos and things like that. We talked about that. And yeah. um, you know, with the rhino problem, uh, there's there was even talk with like Exotic Wildlife Association and others, and I went and talked to the saddlers who own Wyo headquarters. They wanted to get rhinos. They actually had South African representatives on their ranch. Said the habitat was great, 
But that prob that that thing that a lot of ranchers want to get involved in seems to be covered up in red tape because of, you know, international moving animals across yes. borders and Lots and of and like there's that, just a lot sure. of things. But the guy told me something very interesting. He said he thinks that the level of security that you would have to have would be unmatched because yes. of the value. So it was just an interesting conversation. Now he didn't say it couldn't happen here in America. He was just saying there's been a lot of problems, reason it hasn't happened yet. You know, right. but right. we're going to be talking more with him. Uh, it'd be great to get on your podcast. Oh, for sure. Uh, we've been talking more with him about some conservation things. And, and you know, we hear a lot about, because I asked him, I said, is there anything in any African country like Pittman-Robertson where excise taxes? And, sure. And he said no. And basically how it goes is the federal governments own most of the land or the different regional governments <laughs> or whatever. And they'll, like, lease a concession to a bidder like a professional hunter, a PH. Mm. And then that guy kind of takes care of the land, and they ended up, you know, he mentioned that one thing they'll do is they'll pay a, uh, if say there's leopards or lion in an area, and they're wanting to hunt leopards and lion, they have so many permits for them, that they'll go to the local you know, cattle ranchers and say, hey, you know, if you show me that a lion or a leopard or whoever killed your cattle, I'll reimburse you X amount, so right. don't go out and kill the lion. Right. So that's kind of how some of the protections are put in place. So that was an interesting conversation because I think that um, the public, even the hunting public, is is um, not really up to speed on how some of that works. Right. And I think it would be a good just lesson to learn. So that was cool. And I talked to uh, someone today with, and I don't remember the exact name. They they were all about uh, upland bird conservation. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the challenge of quail and that right. you know Texas has had a boom quail couple because of what the, the wet years we've had. Right. But um, that they're starting to work to do some habitat work in Texas on quail. Oh wow! And the coolest thing I had heard today, I talked with a gentleman from the National Wild Turkey Federation. Okay. And WTF. And, and yeah. we're talking about turkey in Texas, and I said it's a shame the Easterns haven't, you know, done better back right. in East Texas. And I said maybe we can figure out, you know. A formula for that to make it work better, or something like that, and he and we started talking about all the Rio Grands. He goes, "You know, there are Gould's turkeys in Texas." No way! I said, "There's what?" Yeah, say that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, I, "I've got to go look this up." Okay, and I got to research it. Sure. But he he was hunting. He said, literally, you could walk across a hill when it was Mexico. Right. It was real. Trans Pecos. Okay. Right. And he said that he they saw Gould's turkey. On Texas soil, which is the biggest species of turkey. Yeah, Am I correct about that. Yeah, yeah, and one you typically only go to in, New Mexico, in, Arizona, in, in or Mexico, Mexico yeah, or in, Old Me- Mexico. in Mexico, right. because they're not part of the slam. They're part of that Grand Slam, that, right? Because you, you got the Merriams, you got the Osceola, you got the Rio, and you got the um, the Eastern. Eastern, yeah. So that's the one, the exotic one. There's two of them. There's the there's the oscillated maybe or whatever that one is, the real bright looking one, the peacock looking one. Yep. And then you got the Gould. So we're working on a story on Gould turkeys in Texas. So I thought that was just cool from that a hundred perspective. Cool. Yeah, wow, yeah. that is. And I promise you, you're not going to listen to a SHOT Show podcast that talks about Gould turkeys in Texas. Unless you listen to Dustin's. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Um, well, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I will uh, do a wrap-up of some of the stuff that I saw today, and we'll get back on this tomorrow if that's all right with you. I, I do want I, I would like to say one thing. It's sure. really interesting today. And I noticed it last year, but it seemed more prominent this year. Uh-huh. Like, I'm walking by the NRA's gigantic you know, booth. They have, this, they have this really huge display with a lot of different facets. Yes. And I'm looking at different people, and, I, and I'm seeing a lot more different faces in promoting the Second Amendment. And content, uh-huh. You know? You'll see, oh my God, you see African-American people. 
mm-hmm. which, you know, I'll be honest with you, you did not see that until recently in the sporting industry. No, there were plenty of African-American shooters and hunters. You just didn't see them on magazine covers and NRA ads or whatever. Right. Now we're seeing more of that. Whatever, right? You know, like Dana, uh, like Dana Lesh, mm-hmm. different people up there, more women uh, yep. speaking out, um, uh, people of different demographics and nationalities yes. and religions and things like that, you know. So I For thought sure. that was a cool, and I even saw it more in the advertising in other companies. Yeah. You know, like I would see it, I would see that. So I'm going to give, because I saw it last year with the NRA, and I want to give the NRA kudos for that, because sure. I think it's spread out. Yeah. I'm seeing more of that. You know, I'm, I think it's awesome and incredible that, look, we can have, I don't care who the guy's purple, if they're a good human being and they support, you know, conservation or support right. the Second Amendment, I think it's cool that it's not no longer just Anglo-Saxon dudes. Right. And I was just going to say that. It doesn't always have to be white guys that are yeah, the Yeah, so, you know, it's, it, usually, it was usually some old, unattractive white guy. Right. You know what I mean? A grumpy, angry a grumpy white like, guy. Yeah, that's you know, right. You know, right. he's up there, he's shaking his fist, and, <laughs> you know. He's and, mad. And now it's a dude with, like, sleeve tattoos. And uh-huh. I, I noticed a few of those where they had the ad where you couldn't even see the guy's face. He's in camo. But you see the arm; it's got sleeves Sleeve on it. Tattoos, you know, yeah. so there's little things that are. What, what I'm what I'm trying to say is inclusiveness. Yes. You know, we're America. America is not about race. It's a melting pot. America is about people who love freedom. Right. And every single race, every every creed deserves freedom and loves freedom, and we're all God's people, man. I'm a follower of Christ, man. We're all God's people. I mean, I worship a Jew. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, that's an ethnic minority. Right. Right. And um, so. I never looked at it that way before. Yeah, yeah man. Right. You, know, you know, I mean, you know, that's what it came as, an ethnic minority, you know. Yeah, that's right. But I think it's amazing that we're finally seeing the industry get, and I'm not saying there was racism in the industry. Sure. I'm just saying that uh, the old guards changed on that issue. Right. And I think what will happen in the future is, I'm not going to say it's going to grow the industry, but I think it will stave off decline. Yes. Because we're reaching out. It's a bigger umbrella and bringing more people in. Which is one thing you and I have talked about ad nauseum on this podcast is about hunting and shooting and the Second Amendment being inclusive to other people besides just the, you know, old angry white guy, you know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and just, or the Anglo-Saxon, whatever the case you want to say. I mean, I've always been about, and again, I talk about this darn near every podcast, yep. reaching across the aisle to that single mom, you mm-hmm. know, reaching across the aisle to... You know, somebody that that's, that's less fortunate that never had an upbringing yep. with 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 rifles and and you know just starting them off right. You know. You know, yeah, I, so. I told the gentleman from Dallas Safari. I said I really don't care about the opinions of hunters, and I don't care at all about the opinions of animal rights people when it comes to policy and things. But I do care about the person in the middle. Right. Because those are the votes that count. Ten percent of us love it. Ten percent of us hate it. Is the eighty percent. Those are the people right. that are on you, the fence that you can reach. Yep. Those are the ones that pay. When I say I don't care about the pins of hunters, I mean like this guy's already going to believe what he believes. Right. The animal rights people you never can. They're already off on. All, but off the on ones the on the fence are right. the ones, and those all on on the Second Amendment side, um, I think we've made tremendous headway, mm-hmm. um, despite tragedies like Mandalay Bay here. Sure. Heart wrenching to drive down the road and see that. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Um, but on the conservation side, you know, um, we definitely need a lot more people in that tent. And um, we may never convince them to pick up a shotgun, go shoot some mallards and join DU. Yeah. But they may be able to support something at the ballot box. 
that right. makes it possible. Legislation. And they may, yeah. you know, they may, they may even contribute to something like a DU project sure. or something because they know the the, well, the the value of it. So I think what I'm seeing is an industry that for some, for maybe for the first time I've ever seen it, um, actively, purposefully, and intentionally broadening the tent. You know, yeah. bringing more people in. It's a great thing. Isn't that great to see? It's I a great mean, thing. I think it's awesome. I remember being, when I, and I was probably 20, maybe not, probably tw- yeah, 20 at this point. Um, I just had a, a newspaper column, and I was trying to harass every magazine <laughs> publish me. You did that, too. That's how you got a hold of us. I know. That's how I got a hold so, of you. Me and Dustin right. have something common. We were harassing people. That's right. But um, I remember going to a, a, uh, it was a hunting show in Beaumont, and uh, this guy was doing a venture, it was weird, he had like a ventriloquist thing in his booth, and he was kind of talking or whatever, and, he, and, and I walked by the booth, and I had my long hair or whatever it is, we don't serve rock and roll long hairs, mm-hmm. in a hunting show. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so we've come a long way from we don't serve rock and roll long hairs, Yeah. to, um, you know, having guys with sleeve tattoos on, and right. and um, having people of all races, and, and you know, and, and a lot of women involved, and things like that. Yeah. So I think that's a great place to be. The quote unquote minority is 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 becoming more of a majority as as far as you know. I think that we need to do is make the idiots the minority. <laughs> that would be ideal. Let's right? just make idiots the, <laughs> the minority in whatever category of idiot they are. Let right. them be the minority. Exactly. You know, and exactly. um, you know, if if you're someone who thinks it just needs to be about you know, old angry white guys, you're an idiot. If you think that I shouldn't own a gun or defend my family, you're maybe even a bigger idiot. So we'll put them all in just one come on out together. And let them slug it out, baby. <laughs> just come on out. And hey, say we'll it, go to the Jeffrey. arena down the road and let them let them let slug them it out. Slug sell it out. tickets, man. Yeah, Raise money right. for DU or right. NRA. Conservation. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah, that's great. So, <laughs> all right, Chester, thanks so much for joining us. All right, thank you. Well, we had a lot of fun with Chester this afternoon or this evening, whichever you may call it. Uh, it could be early morning when you're downloading this because I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, it's this is just crazy, man. Shot Show is just one of the uh, wildest times of the um, of the year for us because this is my favorite show. It's not Chester's favorite show, I don't think. I think iCast is his favorite show, but I just go hard in the paint with this show, and uh, this is the first year that I've brought the podcast live to the show. Um, but really, really love the companies that I visited today, and I wanted to kind of record a second half of the show of some of the stuff that I saw. Aside from what I mentioned with the High Score Range Hound, um, the product they came out with before the High Score Range Hound was a High Score Target Hound, and um, that is just a really cool product. It's basically two T-posts that go into a base, and uh, you can mount a paper target to. And again, it's using things that we commonly have around our vicinities. You know, T-posts, if you live in Texas, I mean, most likely you've got some in your garage. I know I've got some in mine uh, for, you know, staking a tree or, uh, you know, any number of things you can use a T-post for. Um, But using that kind of thing, I think, is a great innovation, as I talked about earlier. So another company I visited with today that I learned some stuff from was Sentry. Live to Protect is um, is their motto. And they are big into a wide variety of um, backpacks and um, hunting packs and those kind of things, as well as Scope Coat, which they purchased a few years ago. And um, I got to talk to uh, Jared Cox, who's their customer service guy, and he's pretty easy to talk to on the phone if you give him a call. 
Um, but basically, the one thing that I is this news for them is the Hexmag acquisition. They basically just merged or bought out Hexmag. Um, I don't know how that all went down, but they uh, basically have a uh, conglomeration with them, and so that's kind of opened up a whole new wide variety of, uh, of different things that, that can happen there, and I'm excited about that merger. Um, the other thing that I thought with their packs, this is really cool, is called 1080 Technology versus Molly Webs. Um, if you have a tactical backpack of any kind, and a lot of us in the outdoors do, um, this is a webbing material. It's not like Molly Web where you have to have it. Um, it's hard to explain this on a podcast, but it's not like Molly Web. Um, it, it, it basically allows you to mount you know, whatever you want to on your backpack um, that's a Molly style mount to um to do that vertically horizontally or at a 45 degree angle and um that's that's pretty cool technology that they have in their packs and uh, backpacks and 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 uh, soft soft packs like that uh is that 1080 technology so i wanted to definitely bring that up because uh, it allows you to do a little bit more than you can with a molly bag uh, with a molly pack um and so i want to definitely bring that up also met with timney triggers today and they caught my eye initially at an NRA show a few years ago because they have um, triggers, drop-in triggers pretty much. You have to inlet a stock on a wood Mosin Nagant, but they have uh, triggers for Mosin Nagant, uh, 762 by 54 rimmed, 9130, M44, M38. I've got all of those. I'm a big Mosin fan. Uh, I also love Mausers, the 98 action. They also make drop-in triggers for uh, the Mauser 98 action. And uh, they had both of those guns on display, and I fire, I uh, didn't fire, but obviously at Shot Show, I um, I uh, um, dry fired the, a couple of those uh, a couple of times, and some of the best single stage triggers I've ever shot, uh, Timney triggers, and they've been around for over 40 years, um, consistently making good triggers and uh, AR triggers, Remington 700 triggers. I mean, you name it. There's so many different trigger manufacturer uh, models that they make triggers for and um so that's a really cool really cool um place to check out timney triggers and you can check them out online um also visited at the barnett booth and uh had a lot of fun with those guys uh david barnett came up and shook my hand he's the grandson of the founder of barnett crossbows which is now owned by plano synergy so it was a plano booth that i saw him out and uh they they really have a lot of different um hunting stands and those kind of things uh plano owns uh wild game innovations they own um they own uh barnet crossbows and a wide variety of other brands and obviously they uh they have a lot going on with uh with with the hunting you know world as uh as as we see it uh because they do a lot of um a lot of different um product lines uh based off of the the plano synergy brand they also are really big in fishing uh fray bill and uh, plano uh, tackle boxes of course and everything like that but one thing that caught my eye at this booth was a whitetail hunter and the whitetail hunter pro the whitetail hunter is basically built for a you know a, a youth you know a kid that's basically just starting out uh, crossbow hunting the whitetail pro is a little bit longer and both of these shoot at 400 feet per second as what they're rated at, and uh, I was really, really blown away by the, um, by just the, the 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 look at those bows, uh, those crossbows, and um, just the the overall um, innovations that have been put into what they've done. 
Barnett has long been known for their high quality compound bows and I've shot them for years. If you've not checked out my hog hunting video, uh, I'll have that up on fishgame.com soon, but you can also check out my YouTube channel, Dustin Warnke, uh, W-A-R-N-C-K-E. It's one of the most recent videos that I've uploaded uh, where I shot a wild hog at DV Hunting Ranch with uh, a Barnett uh, Raptor Reverse. And uh, so they make reverse limb compound crossbows, they make regular limb compound crossbows, and they make recurve crossbows, especially for youth um and their youth line they also have a line of compound youth bows which is another thing i love seeing in this industry is getting kids involved in the outdoors at an early age and getting them um you know basically you know set up and outfitted with the right tools to be successful in the field so i definitely wanted to give a big shout out to barnett crossbows because uh, i just I, I i don't know what else to say man this stuff is awesome um, so I got to meet with them and then I also visited with Yamaha ATV. They had the Wolverine on display and a couple of other side-by-side -side ATVs. Uh, big shout out to these guys. They've run with us in the magazine before, uh, back in 2016. And, um, they've got some really, really innovative products in the ATV and side-by-side, -side, uh, realm. And, um, really, um, uh, incredible meeting with those guys. Uh, basically just talked about, um, was coming up in the future for them and uh, we in the february issue of texas fishing game which should be hitting the uh newsstands and the mailboxes the first of february so probably next week um if not sooner you'll see the uh new gear that i did in there for uh the the wolverine um uh side by side and i've got a picture of it and i also have a um a really cool uh write-up about that they sent me to publish in the magazine uh, Texas Fishing Games. So anyway, be on the lookout for that. It's really cool stuff. Uh, also, next up was Outdoor Edge. Uh, I got to hang out with um, their creative director, John Ortlieb, and uh, really got to... <laughs> they are really known well for the field to the freezer, but now they've expanded, which I think is the right thing to do, regardless of the economic conditions, regardless of what we talked about before with Chester. Um, when everything else is contracting, that, that's my opportunity to expand in life, you know, and they've done that well. So they've gone from field to freezer to field to table, and they uh, came up with a new uh, product called the Grill Bream, or Grill Bream, and uh, spatula tongs, basically, is what it is, a combination. It has a flashlight and a bottle opener integrally uh, built into these spatula tongs that they call the grill beam. And um, I think it's one of the coolest kitchen tools I've, I've seen, or as far as grilling tools go. They, come ex they can basically extend, um, and again, this is hard to show without actually being on video, but um, they extend and, uh, and, and, and reach out when you're trying to keep away from the flames, that kind of stuff of your grill, uh, or they shorten if you're just dealing with a really small grill, um, some kind of small, um, grilling situation, but they're good for, for both long range and short range, uh, grilling, um, and, and flipping in, and, and I just think they're a great tool. They're, they're part tong and part spatula and they have a flashlight, which is removable and they have a bottle opener included, which I think is just great. I, uh, think I mentioned on the show before, and I'm not sure if I do their wild light kit that I got for Christmas from a gift exchange that we did with secret Santa with DB hunting ranch and DB wall game processing and taxidermy. Uh, big shout out to them for that. Cause, uh, my secret Santa got me a wild light set, which has a caper, it has a skinner, and has a boning knife, um, as well as gloves and a sharpener. And it is just about everything. I mean, they call it light because it's not their full, you know, game processing kit, 
but it is just really amazingly um, awesome uh, stuff to to have um, to have something you can carry around in your in your case. You know, it's in a case so you can carry it around in your backpack, which is what I've been doing with it lately, and I've been using it on a lot of my recent hunting adventures uh, out in uh, for whitetail and for hogs, both and uh, the. The uh, skinning knife has a gut hook built into it, so you've got everything you really need to uh, to, to field dress a deer, field dress a hog, you know, whatever kind of big game that you're after. Uh, even for small game chores, I think it's a great knife set. So uh, that's three other knives and a sharpener and some gloves, and obviously you can replace the gloves with your own gloves, but that's really cool. I've owned a Razor Light, I believe is the name of the um, their original knife that they came out with. It has a replaceable razor blades. I talked about that a little bit on the Sunday Night Podcast to Monday podcast that we did a couple of podcasts ago and man that thing is awesome uh, the replaceable blades are really easy if you they don't get gunked up real easy uh, you can wash them out and clean them real easy after you remove the the knife insert or the razor insert and uh, they keep their edge real well and I've got a lot of good things to say about the outdoor edge innovations so uh, be sure to check those guys out online. Um, I'll try to put a link in the show notes or at least give the, the name of the company to remind you to go check them out. So the other one that I met with um, was Crossman Airguns. They recently acquired LaserMax. And um, this was a pretty good acquisition because LaserMax is one of the um, top companies for um, for laser sights for handguns and uh, for other applications, but mainly for self defense and target shooting and those kind of things. Uh, LaserMax has been kind of a leader in that industry, so that's an exciting thing. What caught my mind? Uh, I'm sorry. What caught my eye? I'm sorry. It's getting late here. Um, the Benjamin Marauder Fortitude, which is their new 22 caliber regulated um, PCP rifle. It shoots uh, 80 shots on one fill at 850 feet per second. I think I'm right on that. Don't quote me because it's getting late here. <laughs> but I own one of the original Marauders uh, that was in 25 caliber. It's got a rotary magazine in it, a rotary clip, I guess I should say. It would be better better um, terminology to use. But uh, really impressed with the Marauder. My father uses it now to hunt squirrels and raccoons and varmints and pests and stuff like that on his ranch uh, in Oklahoma. And uh, I wrote a review about this gun before on Mac and Prowler's website, magandprowler.com. Um, you can check it out. But, the, you know, I think it's something to be said when you get 80 shots on one fill of a 22 caliber uh, PCP air rifle. Um, that's pretty impressive, and the, and the price point on that's really nice, too. The one thing that really caught my eye about what this company is up to is their crossbow line, which is the Centerpoint brand of crossbows. Now, these are relatively later comers to the market than Barnett or Excalibur and either of the ones we've talked about on this show. They came on the scene, I want to say, about three or four years ago. And Centerpoint is known for making a very good crossbow for um, a very low price. And they have uh, an example of that today was the Mercenary, which I believe runs at 370 feet per second. Um, and they have a 299 package and a 399 package. And those are, are really good prices for crossbows uh, in today's market for sure. And that's one thing Centerpoint's known for is their scope line as well as their... Um, really affordable crossbow line and um, for the 299 and 399 packages you get your scope you get everything that you need really to go start hunting I think aside from your broadheads 
and um, this is just a really cool company to uh, to check out for crossbows as well. So I try to cover the gamut on everything that's out there. I can't cover it all, obviously, but I at least wanted to bring up uh, Center Points, one of my picks for a good quality crossbow at a low price. Um, you know, for uh, for consideration there, especially for youth, uh, you're just getting started out with a crossbow, especially for your first crossbow. I mean, the the price point is just unbeatable. Uh, in that regard, so definitely check that out. Also, they have a DPMS SBR. Uh, this is a BB rifle. And what's really neat about this gun is that it runs full auto with BBs, and it's $179 MSRP, or basically retail price. It runs on CO2, and I believe it runs at 1400 uh, rate per minute fire. So that's a lot of BBs downrange in a short amount of time. You don't need to have extra uh, stamps or any kind of um, you know uh, legality uh, issues with owning one of these because it's a BB gun. But it's fully automatic, 1400 rate per minute uh, fire, rate of fire. I'm pretty sure I wrote that down right. And uh, really, um, really cool gun to check out. It's a, basically an AR-15 frame style gun that runs full auto with BBs, so uh, $179, that is hard to beat right there in the air gun world. So they also have the Pioneer Airbow, I've talked about that on the show before. I want to have Jay Duncan, who's the guy that I met with today, he kind of gave me the tour of what was available in the crossbow line and the air gun line. Uh, the Pioneer Airbow is, is one of the most revolutionary pieces of technology as far as uh, it being a PCP powered uh, air bow. It's not really an air gun, but it shoots uh, an arrow, so it's kind of in a class of its own. But Jim Shockey shot a buffalo with it. I mean, it's it's just a really powerful tool for um, for bow hunters that don't want to mess with the crossbow. Um, there's a lot of advantages to uh, to shooting the air bow uh, from Pioneer, so they had that on display there as well. And they had Jim Shockey and Evan Shockey and lots of guests and stuff coming through this week, which is kind of cool. So. That's all for this podcast, and uh, I want to thank you guys again for watching, reading, and listening. I see there's kind of a jump up on my YouTube activity this week with these podcasts going on YouTube, so if you're listening there, thank you so much for doing so. I'm staying up extra late to get all these podcasts out to you in podcast land as well as YouTube land and uh, fishgame.com, and uh, it's just been a blast at this show. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to be dead tired by Friday, but um, having a lot of fun bringing this to you semi-live. Um, as quick as I can produce this stuff and get it uploaded to my laptop and uh, out to you. So thanks again for watching, reading, and listening. Stay tuned to fishgame.com for Chester Moore's blogs. Um, Dustin Ellerman will probably have some stuff up there coming forward for shot as well. Um, we had a great time at Range Day, and I had him on the last show, and uh, just really, really a lot of fun uh, with all this this fun stuff at Shot Show. So, uh, hope you guys are enjoying the coverage. Thanks so much again for joining us, and have an awesome day in the outdoors. We'll see you next time.